Hello and welcome to the A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. And today I was so inspired and excited to talk to Ricardo Casal and Juan Javier Pena, ECDs at David in Miami. They talked to us from Switzerland where they are doing something. I never quite got what they were doing over there. I think they're spies. But also, they're the ECDs uh, at David. And wow, I, it was such an incredibly inspiring conversation that I'm not even going to talk about what we talked about because it's a great one. So get ready because this is a very good one. But first, I want to talk about Ad House Advertising School. Advertising Age called them New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. The whole thing about Ad House Advertising School is that you get to learn from the best in the business in the agencies where they work. So you're not just learning from people on the street like we used to in advertising. These are real, you know, I learned from a guy in an alley. I don't even know his name, but he taught me everything I know. And uh, that's why every time I have a good idea, I try to strangle someone because uh, he just taught me wrong. But uh, Ad House teaches you right. They teach you the right way because these are uh, professionals. They teach you in the uh, agencies where they work. And you get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. And you can apply at adhousenyc.com. And then uh, for the latest news, you can go to their Facebook group at adhousenyc. And you can follow us at digobrands.com over here. We're the inspiring action agency that brings you this little show magogi. Without further ado, here's my conversation with um, Ricardo Casal and Juan Javier Pena. Coming to you live from Switzerland, this is the A-List. Hey guys, I'm here with uh, Ricardo Casal and Juan Javier Pena. That's us. <laughs> and you are, you are sitting in a, in a lobby in Switzerland um, and you're on a shoot or you're on a pitch or you're, what are you doing over there? We were, we had to talk to you to present some ideas for a new client. So, so we flew like two days ago and we're going back tomorrow already. That is the international life of, uh, of executive creative directors. Are you, are you both executive creative directors at, uh, David? Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, we have been the issue for David for, a year now or so. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's been exciting. And by the way, thank you for having us, guys. This is such an honor for us. Like, yeah. We've no. been following the podcast for a while, and it's, it's, it's an honor oh. for us to have this invitation. Ad nerds, ad nerds you know, it's ad all about nerds, being yeah. an ad nerd. I love it. I love it. I love that we've, we're finding each other, uh, us ad nerds, and we're sort of uh, celebrating the uh, the history and the the, the grandeur that is advertising here uh, on the A-list. So um, wh where did you guys uh, start? Where, do you, did you guys both grow up in the same place or different places? And how'd you find each other? Our story started like 11 or 12 years ago, I think. We met during college. We were, doing, we were in the same college in Ecuador. Ricardo was one year older than me. We had some, some classes together. Um, and we were both studying, as I said, advertising, but we started doing uh, like student contests together. 
like submitting together to student concepts. We were working at different agencies at that point in Ecuador. Right. Um, so we would get together, like, after work, we had uh, college, and then after college, we would get together to, like, come up with ideas for, for like, the student award shows. Oh, and wow. Yeah, that's how we. That's how we originally we met, and then when we finally like consolidated as a team, yeah. was I think we participated in like over twenty nine student awards, and we lost I think all of them except one. <laughs> but the one that we won uh, was uh, for El Ojo de America, which is the eye of Iberoamerica, or I don't know how you translate it, uh-huh. but it's like the regional award show for Latin America. Okay, uh, we got a, we got a gold, and then. Um, with that award, the prize was a scholarship for uh, La Escuelita, which is a, a, a creative, like a, a school for advertising, sort of like the Miami Ad School, like a, a school dedicated to advertising in Argentina, super famous. So uh-huh. we were super excited. Uh, and we went there to, with the scholarship and, and we studied for a year. Uh, and, and that's, that's that, in Buenos Aires? Together. Yeah, that's in Buenos Aires. Yeah. And you guys both grew up in Ecuador. Yeah, we are from Ecuador, and we were born and raised. And then when we went to Argentina, after basically being the biggest losers in the history of student award shows, <laughs> uh, we we started. We basically opened David. We are employee number one and number two from David. Uh, we got hired right after we finished the the, the at the at school. Wow. And, we got we got hired uh, when he, when they opened it, and like I was telling you, employee number one and number two yeah. for real. And how did you and, how did you meet Anselmo? Did you did you know Anselmo through the school? No, Anselmo wasn't. But like Anselmo was about to open the Sao Paulo office. The oh. the, the office from Buenos Aires op- opened first. Okay, and so it was opened by Gaston Gaston Dijo, who right. who is. Up until today, Anselmo's partner right. uh, in gut today, yeah. but they yeah. opened David together. And we we got an interview with Gaston. Gaston hired us, and we were, like, to be honest, yeah. the, we are one of those weird breeds in, in advertising where we started as junior in the agency, and we went to mid-level to senior to ACV to CVs up to ECD now. Yeah, uh, very quickly. We have done like basically every very quickly <laughs> every scale every 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 step of the ladder inside the same company, which is something weird. That is it, weird. You know, there are not, there are not that many people that have done their whole career in one place, right? Yeah, and do you guys feel like that? Uh, does that scare you a little bit? Like that you don't understand the outside world? That uh, if you left the uh, the atmosphere of David, you would you would uh, <laughs> you would be it would be different. What? What outside world? Is there a world outside? <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got the, you've got the dream job. So why would you want to go anywhere else? But more than that, what I would say no, no. I was talking about a world outside of the office. Like I didn't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> Is there light? Is That's there right. <laughs> what's it like? So you guys yeah, work a like? lot. You guys are you guys are hard workers. About. We are. We are. And and you know why? Um, I know that this is going to sound cliche, but it's a hobby, man. Like we really don't work. We this is, this is a hobby for us. So, so we have so much fun doing what we do. Yeah. We like like 
and 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 man, we honestly we were lucky. Thing is that imagine starting an office with Gaston Dijon and Selmo Ramos sitting right next to them <laughs> every day. Yeah. How would you not learn so many things? You know. How did you guys, so I know that there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh man, they are lucky. Like, I wish I was that lucky. How did you guys make that luck? Because when you say you were the biggest losers in ad uh, thing, I think of that as like, you were the most committed because you, I don't think I entered any uh, ad competitions when I was going to school uh, and you entered 49. Um, So I think that makes you guys, like that is the... That is the metric, right? It's not about how many you win. It's about it's about how many irons you have in the fire. Um, yeah. So um, I forgot my question. I, 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 <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, but I, I can follow up the thought. But it's um, here's here's the thing, man. Um, uh, as a joke, we say the the twenty nine. Just to clarify, there were twenty nine. Forty nine. That would be too much. Like, well, I would change careers. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it forty nine. It sounds much more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was it was twenty nine and, and 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 to be honest, man, that's one of the things that we're most proud of in our career. That we we still think the same. Yeah. We still face the, the career the same way. Like it's not about the amount of work shows; it's the amount of work that you put out there, right? Mm. So so for us, it was a lot of work, you know. And and when we were when Anselmo was in the office. Um, and, and with Gaston and with the CCO, the global CCOs from David, uh, Joaquin Cubri and Ignacio Ferrioli, well, that used to be our, our, our bosses in, in Argentina. Mm. To be honest, man, um, it's, it's, it's the passion that you give in the project. But again, that sounds cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Like in our case, we religiously, every Friday, Every damn Friday, we would send a proactive idea for one of our clients to Anselmo or to Joaco, to Joaquin or to Ignacio. Every Friday. Or to Gaston. Every Friday. So one tell me, how would, you, for, how would you get that done along with the rest of your work? Uh, two things there. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Juan jump in. But two things. First, we just enjoy it. Enjoy it a lot. We enjoy what we do. We love advertising and, and we love coming up with ideas. It's just fun. It's fun. It's fun to think on stuff. So yeah. it's fun. That that's on one end. And on the second end, Juan and me, when we were to when we went to Argentina and then we went, when we moved to Miami to open the baby Miami office mm-hmm. uh, with Anselmo, uh, for eight years almost, I would say seven and a half or eight, something like that, we lived together. We we were living together. We were roommates, then we were uh housemates, however you say that. <laughs> and yeah. so so we live together for eight years. So we have like we we have a bonding relationship to yeah. say in a way. We're 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 like brothers, you know, like yeah. I was the main witness on his on his wedding, like that kind of that kind of relationship, you know. So yeah. Uh, we're, we're 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 like brothers. We live together. So the the amount of time that we put on thinking ideas, it was like we were having breakfast and we could come up with ideas. We were having dinner and we were coming up with ideas at home. We were waking up at 3 a.m. to play FIFA on the PlayStation and, and, and like, hey, man, wake up. Let's go play some FIFA. Yeah, yeah. sure. Let's open yeah. a beer. Yeah, sure. Hey, what about this idea? Yeah. 
you know? What I so, love about so that the, is that you, you don't make it sound like, because a lot of people are like, you have to work really hard. And then in your mind, you imagine yourself in the office, um, you know, sort of like feeling bad about yourself that you're still in the office. But you guys were playing FIFA. You were having breakfast. You weren't in the office, but you were still thinking. And I, I love that distinction. Yeah, I think that's that's so, because we like like Ricky was saying, we're so passionate about advertising. We are like super admirers. We just love it. Yeah. And and to your like first question or one of the first questions that, that if how do we make our luck? I think it's not luck. It's a mixture yeah. of we're not the most talented guys in the business by far. Like where there are a lot of much more more talented people, yeah. but we are hard workers. And not just our workers, we really, really love advertising. Like we would devour like Can Lion winners and one show and DNA, like all the awards. We would go through all the winners and yeah. not just watch them but discuss over them. Like <laughs> because it's like if you're a uh, like a, a film lover, you watch the films and you discuss them and you find the deeper meaning behind it. Yeah. We do the same but with advertising because we we're just like obsessed with with it, with like the effect that it has on culture, how it's grown from when we started like 12 years ago to now, like the evolution of how it has become more and more ingrained in, in like popular culture. Yeah. We, we're like just fascinated by it and we just love breathing, living advertising and talking about advertising. Yeah. So this for us, it's, it's amazing because we love to talk about it as well. Not just work on it, but talk about it. It's really annoying for our non-advertising friends because we're like, constantly talking about it because yeah. we're really we're, we're really passionate about it what do you guys think yeah and to add to that go ahead no no just there, it was just going to be a quick thing to add to that um the passion also teaches right so we are all day talking about different angles like hey why why does this idea is so successful why everybody's talking about this why this why that so questioning gives you makes you learn about what to do and what not to do. And knowing every can winner from the last 10, mm. 15 years, I, I remember that nowadays we have the archives, so we don't do it, but we yeah. used to download every category, every winner, and we used to study them. Yes. Like we, we, we every Sunday we, we at, the, at the house, we'd say, we would say like, okay, this Sunday is going to be direct. And we, we watch yeah. all the winners, all the yeah. case studies, everything. So, so we would try to study so that we won't repeat what has been done. You know, I, I find that uh, I love that, and I and I find that recently I have not been able to do that as much. So I've tried to force myself to go to. Um, I think Can has a uh, has a Can Lion archive that yeah, we, the Can Lion uh, and um, I try to force myself to do that every Friday because um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's necessary, I think, to to look at the other the other rock bands that are out there and and the music that they're making, um, so that you can sort of try to keep up, you know. To understand why these 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 guys are where they are, right? Like why why um, why Andrew Ketter is where he is today, and why 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 is he where he is today? Right. Yeah, you know, and what what he did before. Yeah. Or Rob Riley or Anselmo Ramos or Fernando yeah. Machado or these people. Like Fernando Machado didn't came up out of nowhere, you know, he has it's a guy that has been doing some work or Anselmo yeah. or Gaston from different regions, different places, like yeah. 
and, and, and by the way, you start building friends and, and it starts like every, every day it gets more interesting, honestly, like yeah. today that you have to, I think that is such an amazing idea that the other awards are live streaming their discussions. I, I, that's something that every ad school in the world should make all the students see the live judging from the Andy Awards because right. it's such a good school. Last year I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. You know? That is amazing. And and um, the, the that's what we try to do here is like we try to sort of get to the, you know, how did you how did you do it? How did you get into it? So, how were you guys, the lucky guys in the room? And 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 what what did you what did did you just happen to be the guys who walked into their office first? How did you know to walk into their office, Anselmo and and Gaston? So, um, actually, we we had an interview with Joaquin, which was the founding ECD in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. uh, we had an interview before he moved to to David because David David opened in January. And uh, I think November before that, uh, we had had an interview with him with, where he when he was at his previous agency, so he knew us and he knew our work. Uh, what agency was he at at the time? He was at Ponce, okay, which is this really iconic uh, agency from Argentina that did a lot of work for Axe. Um, and he was there, and then he moved to 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 David. And as soon as it opened, they needed a team. We were just starting. Uh, so he called us, and we had first we went in, had an interview with him. We had an amazing vibe, and then they called us for a second interview with the son, and we had uh, a great interview with him as well. And mm -hmm. and that's when when it happened. But mm -hmm. I think yes, we were super lucky of the circumstances. Like it was a an agency that was that was just starting. They needed like fresh blood, and and we happened to have have, have had an interview with one of the ACDs right. like two months before. So it was. Yes, kind of like the planets align, and yeah. and it was the beginning of of something beautiful for us. Yeah. And, and were you guys and, working and at the to time? Be, to be honest, yeah, no, we we were not. We were not working. We we were doing an internship at TVWA in Argentina, mm -hmm. and 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 honestly, like one was saying, like the, it's all other circumstances, right? Yeah, um, we were we were foreigners in a country where we flew for advertising, to study advertising. Yeah. So the guys knew that we were going to solely commit to a career because we even flew to another country to do that. Yeah. So we were, we were a good option on that end. Yep. And in, a, in the other end, we were new. So we were, we were uh, students. We were cheap. Mm -hmm. We were young. We were hungry. We flew for that. So we, we in, in that sense, I would say that we were lucky, but the guys were also lucky because they found a team that was that checked all the boxes that they yeah. needed to 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 kick off yeah. such a project like David, right? Yeah. What is it about David uh, that's different? Because it, it's uh, so for such a small agency, you guys really um, outpunch your uh, your weight in terms of uh, definitely in terms of awards, but just in terms of innovative work that people are talking about, um, you do a lot of it. So what, what is it about David that's different? What do you love about it? I think that sort of like the, the culture that, that it was born with, because 
uh, it was founded, of course, by uh, Musa and Selman Gaston, and they had like a true belief in creativity, and it was like creativity at the forefront. So we like with that with that north north star. Uh, it's an agency that always pushes for for ideas, that always pushes for creativity. We like to make our, cl- our clients uncomfortable. We like to to push sort of like the boundaries and the limits. We we like to say that it's an agency uh, an agency of first, like it's a uh, the first name of David Ogilvy, that's mm-hmm. where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that we like to do uh, first, like things that sort of like having been done before and that are going to be done for the first time, right. and that's sort of like scary and cool because you don't know how to pull it off because. No one has done it, and and it it's, it has risks, but it usually uh, pays off, or it has we have been lucky enough for it to pay off. Um, so I think it's a combination of that, of like having a clear purpose as an agency that that fights the good fight for creativity, yeah. and uh, having people and attracting people that share that same belief, that believe that the the power that creativity has, and and that wanna be part of it, and also own that spirit because. Being such a like a, a forty like in Miami we're forty eight and in Buenos Aires forty and in Sao Paulo sixty so it's like a hundred and forty overall in the three offices. Mm. But you don't have like a gigantic agency structure where if you don't do it maybe someone else will solve it. It's yeah. it's your project. You have to solve it. You have to crack it. It's up to you. The responsibility is on your shoulder shoulders yeah. and no one's no one like you have to own it. Like and that's something good, but. But it's a big responsibility as well. But the people locally, locally, like the people that, that the agents attract and, and sort of like that, that talent that wants to work for uh, at David and for David knows that, uh, yes, you enter as a junior and you're going to get big projects yeah. uh, as a junior uh, creative and you're going to get big, big projects, but you're going to have to deliver. Uh, right. and, and I think that's kind of like the, the beauty of it. And, and, and also, I, I think that, the, the, look, what Juan was saying right now, I think, super important, David. It's like we don't we nurture talent, and that's that's what Gaston and Anselmo and Juago Nacho always taught us to yeah. nurture talent. We are an example of that, you know. So we 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 don't believe in hiring big names. We believe in creating big names, yeah. you know, in nurturing big names. Yeah. So so if you're a junior, like there are examples, for example, of this year. You're a junior at the agency. We are gonna give you a Super Bowl spot, right. and you better fucking do that. Yeah, you know. So, so what? What? What differentiates David? Yeah, I would say that we have in our speed dial. We always joke about it. Our number one contact in the speed dial is the lawyer, because we think that if you don't have to call a lawyer for your idea, the idea is not good enough. So we push everybody to put ideas in front of us that need to involve lawyers. Because if we're not involving a lawyer before putting it in front of a client, the idea is just not good enough. <laughs> it has been done before. I love that as a metric. Um, if, if you don't have to call a lawyer before you, uh, before you do your idea, then uh, it, it, maybe it's not good enough. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the, I'm not sure if the lawyer loved that, but yeah. <laughs> in that case, we do. We love it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah, yeah. by doing that, you attract clients that are okay doing that, you know, and it becomes yeah, a self-fulfilling sort of, prophecy. At some point, they, like, now they know what we do and that's what, what they, why they look for us. Um, so yeah. we always sort of, like, warn them, like, we're going to push you. We're going to try to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. We're going to, uh, 
maybe uh, and if if you're not a little scared when we present something, maybe that's a bad sign. Maybe yeah. we're not pushing uh, pushing the brand right. uh, enough or pushing the the idea enough. Right. So uh, it's yes, I think uh, now uh, we we are lucky that we have clients that that look for that in David that that kind of like voltage for that that riskiness that that it's kind of like characteristic in some of the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and when they want, then they come in knocking for that, knowing, knowing that they want to be put in a, out of their comfort zone or they want to like get a little scared. I think that's, that's a great, uh, that's when, when, when great partnerships are born. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to the people who say that advertising is over? Uh, creativity is great and all, but it's all about the data now and um, whoever owns the data owns the world, um, and you know creativity is cute, but it's not enough. Oh, I'm uh, so happy you asked this question. You, you should have seen our faces while you were asking this. He was like, "Okay, here goes the shit show." So here's the thing. Yeah. Um, I think that that's bullshit, man. I think that 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 look advertising. Uh, the people who read advertising as a medium, uh, as mediums, as media, sorry, mm -hmm. as, as, as a media thing, uh, I think that they're lost in this career. This is a career, this is a career that I don't think that it's coming to an end any near, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that we are near to any end of, of, of advertising, uh, the complete opposite. I think that the industry is, fully reinventing itself. Well, it's an industry full of creative people, so we're fully trying, to, all the time, to see how we come up with a thing. I think that we don't know how to come up with a, with a new idea. are thinking that everything has been done. I don't think that everything has been done. I think that every year we have proved that new things are being done every mm -hmm. year and really cool stuff. Yeah. So, so I think that that's, that's all. Now, on the other hand, you were mentioning data specifically. Yeah. I think that data is it's, it's super important. We did, a, we did a campaign that actually uh, we have high expectations on how it's going to do in, in award shows and stuff. We did a, a campaign for Burger King basically about AI, you know, yeah. uh, and, 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 and how, how uh, robots are going to take over our jobs, basically. Yeah. And we yeah. made fun of it because, no, yeah. you know, I I think that if if, if you put uh, if you make a robot see one thousand Burger King spots, it's gonna give you a really weird Burger King spots because it's not gonna be innovative because yeah. it will give you a result that has been uh, about things that have been done before, nothing new. Yeah. Now going back to the data, I think that again, man, ideas will always be the priority of this industry. It, mm -hmm. This is not an industry about film. This is not about print. This is not about data. This is mm -hmm. not about AI. This is an industry about ideas. Mm -hmm. So ideas will always prevail. I, ideas are the hero. And new ideas will always be just that. It will be new. So um, I think that that's, that's a wrong approach. And I think that people are more scared than being proactive today. And I think yeah. that we should start to, to turn around that thing. Yeah, I think that sort of data is kind of like a scapegoat that you know that if you rely on data, you're you backed up by numbers. So that if it goes wrong, you can say, hey, blame it on numbers. Like, I trusted the data and 
it, it's unlikely that the data goes wrong because it's numbers and it's uh, a math issue. But I think creativity goes beyond that. It's creativity is kind of like that the the, the dark horse in the race that mm. can beat data or or may, like be, destroy any expectations of what data might have le- led you to believe. I think that also that data is nothing without a creative interpretation of of said data. Right. Like. If you don't have a, a great angle or a great way to use that, the yeah. numbers and the data, yeah. I think you don't have a, a powerful idea. So I would, and, and you see it now as a category, like in many award shows, you say creative use of data or data technology or yeah. something around data. Yeah. It's now its own category, sort of like we're framing, we're using, uh, as, a, as advertising, we're using data as a media. Yeah. Because if you have mobile, you have uh, cyber, you have film, you have branded entertainment, you have activation. And you have media, uh, you have data. Yeah. So data is sort of like a, a, a new media. And now you can think ideas on, okay, it's going to be right. What for data mobile, do we want to? It's going to be for data. Like we're going to grab right. data that we find and give it this creative spin or use it in a creative way. Yeah. Sort of like to to prove a point. I think the, the example that Ricky was doing, was saying the VK bot idea. Yeah. I think that's a a great it's it, it's a great example because it's born from that fear from humans to be replaced by robots and AIs and algorithms, and it gets more and more intelligent uh, every time. So I think to, to, make, to make a point uh, about how creativity is inherently human, and, and it's sort of like the, the, what, sort of one of the things that makes us human, yeah. that ability to, to mix two things in a completely unexpected way and, and create something unexpected. Yeah. And, and then I was, uh, yeah. Before, before I, I love, me, first of all, me, first of all, say, congrats for, uh, one thing too. yeah, go ahead, John, Juan, or Ricardo. Uh, uh, this is Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, just, I was just going to say, to say one thing there, like, and, and not only that we think that, that we are, it's tough to replace the, the, the creative aspect of the advertising, but take, take a great example, which a campaign that we love, we should, we could have done. Which is the Nexrum brand, right? If you if you take the Nexrum brand as, as an example, it's like the the AI was doing Rembrandt Rembrandt. You know that's amazing. But if you think about it, it was doing Rembrandt. It was doing something that has already been done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's impossible to take AI to a, such an innovative place. It right. will always uh, reinvent. Not not reinvent. It was always redo what right. has been done before. Yeah, it's more but of it's a parlor not, trick than not, it is a than it is a real creative. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I think that that sort of like I was after I I talked about the the Birkin, uh bot campaign that was sort of like a reverse Turing test. That's something that a computer would never think on. Like use right. <laughs> use creativity to make a joke on AI, like AI wouldn't necessarily make a joke on itself. So I think that's sort of like one, uh, one uh, fun thing that we, we have got to play with. And another example that we were mentioning was for like a, a Burger King, also another Burger King campaign that we did last year for Halloween. They were launching this sandwich called, uh, it was a Monster Burger, a Monster Whopper yeah. that had uh, fried chicken, beef, bacon, and a green bun. And it had all this mix of proteins. Yeah, and we're set, we said from pre- previous studies, we know that we did some research around data, and we saw that some foods can cause to disturb your sleep. So it's Halloween. Uh, we said to the client, okay, let's spend the budget from the campaign. Instead of doing advertising, 
an advertising campaign, regular advertising campaign. Let's spend it on a scientific a medical study to find the data and confirm if this burger could actually increase your chances of having nightmares. Yeah. And that's us investing our advertising budget into yeah. research, into data to prove a point. I, a I point love that, that as That's uh, kind of like the creative piece or not on, on data. Like, how can we use data to make something compelling, to create this challenge to see if people would get involved with that? Yes, I love I love how you uh, that that is something that you guys do really well. Um, that I also want to talk about, and and then an AI probably can't do as much, um, and that's uh, culture hacking, and uh, something that we love to do here. Uh, and I'd love to hear about how you guys go go at it. Uh, is to sort of um, take the data of culture uh, and things that are happening in the world and filter it through the brand. How do you guys do that? What's your, what's your process for that? Is there a process or is it just a feeling, just how you live? Um, I think that, like, again, like I was saying before, everything teaches you something, right? Yeah. So when we did the man boobs campaign. Yeah. Uh, man boobs for, uh, this was for, what was it for? Magma, the 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 Breast Cancer Foundation okay. from Argentina. Yeah. Um, when we did that, we und- one of the things that we understood was that hacking stuff makes generates uh, talkability. Yeah. So we started playing around that area of hacking stuff. So first, it was the 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 man boobs campaign where we hacked Facebook and Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Then we did the the Halloween campaign a couple of years ago that we dressed up a Burger King as a McDonald's where we were hacking a store. Mm. Then we did the Google Home of the Whopper where where we hacked the the Google devices. So yeah. But how do you how do you do it? How do you know what things to hack and what things to like is it just something that you guys find interesting and fun that connects to the to the brief? Um, I'm just trying to get to, for somebody who's just getting in advertising is how do you think about things outside of your brand as part of, you know what I mean? Like how, how do you do that mentally? Yeah. It's something that we call hack advertising. Um, we did, we did a talk this year in camp exactly about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we divided the, these hack advertising in five steps. Actually, if you go, if you Google hack advertising, uh, can talk. Okay. Uh, Cam uploaded the talk a couple of a month ago or maybe okay, two months ago. We're all so gonna do it, that. It's 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 on it's on the webpage. You could you you will see the step by step part of that. But so I maybe would just say take us through are, the five steps, and and that would be interesting, uh, just as a appetizer. I would I would have to double check right now because I don't I don't have them on hand. But okay, what sorry. I could tell you right now, what what I could definitely tell you right now is that how we do it is like. We prioritize what the world is talking about, and we try to hack that conversation. So, the world was talking about free the nipples, and we went to with magma to that to that to that to hack to hack that conversation. Got it. So, the free world the nipples was. was about, uh, let's talk about what that is. So, free the nipples was uh, Facebook had sort of allowed male nipples to be shown, and they didn't allow female nipples to be shown. They would take that down. So uh, people started saying free the nipple and you guys took that and said, okay, if we can show male nipples on Facebook, we can also show male nipples kind of as men, you know, 
touch themselves the way a woman would have to to give herself a uh, a breast exam, uh, that would be the idea. Is that is that a good interpretation of it? The, yeah, that's a okay. good interpretation of it. So the oh. world was talking about free the nipple, and we went. We had the client from Magma, and we did this this idea of okay, we cannot show a woman showing how to perform a self-breast examination. Yeah. So let's put a man there. The world was talking about invasive technology, and we said like, okay, let's do this execution and let's invade a house through technology through the Google Home. The world was talking about, the, or the U.S. was talking about net neutrality, mm-hmm. and we did a net neutrality idea. The world was talking about how robots will replace us, and we did the VK bot thing. Yeah. You know, uh, so so it's it's about we we were we were going to have a Super Bowl spot with Burger King, for example. Yeah. So what if we hacked the Super Bowl and we did a spot in the most in the biggest pop culture event in the world? with the biggest pop culture artist in the history, you know? Yeah. So that's about hacking. It's how do you hijack a conversation, a topic. Right. But I think to your question and the steps, I think one of the key, or if not the most important step in the five steps of advertising, uh, I remember the first one was define the system to hack, that is this conversation yeah. uh, that's happening in pop culture that people actually care about. And yeah. then the, the other step, the third one, I think was, find a relevant way for the, for the brand to break in. So yeah. the brand needs to feel, feel almost like a credible uh, uh, actor in the debate. Mm-hmm. Like wh- what's the brand going to say that it's relevant? So um, for Magma, of course, a breast, uh, uh, a breast cancer uh, nonprofit yeah. needs to get the message out. And they were being like, they couldn't, they couldn't because, because of the band. So yeah. sort of like it was a credible player in the conversation. Yeah. It had something to say about it. Right. Um, and then for, for the Burger King examples, I guess, Google Home, uh, the invasive of, of technology was a hot topic that people were already like, is this smartphone listening to me? Yeah. Is my whole Google Home or Amazon listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was kind of like a concern. And then, again, the brand finding a relevant way, creating this ad that got into your house so that you would talk about, wait, is this invasive? What's going on? It's like... Uh, Finding that that angle yeah. for the brand to to put its finger on the topic that that is actually in the in the minds of people and and landing a message that the brand needs to land and that connects way. to another thing that you guys were talking about, which is this idea of coming to uh, your clients with um, with ideas they didn't ask for uh, every Friday. Um, I think you have to do that because this whole culture hacking thing, it's not always going to be something they want to do. Um, and so you got to come at them with a quantity of ideas so that every time they do want to do it, um, it seems like it's a cadence and it's a thing that they're doing. Because Burger King, from what I see, is doing these things a lot more often uh, because they're working, I guess, right? Yeah, the, th- the thing on is- I think that it's important if you want to get consumers' attention is to be unexpected, right? Yeah. So, and 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 and, and, and to be honest, I think that our job uh, as ad people, mm-hmm. advertising people, we should we should care about the brand, right? Yeah. It's not caring about our job; mm-hmm. it's caring about our brands, right? So, our proactiveness—it's not 
an award show proactiveness. Mm. It's not that. It's how can we make the people talk about the brands we're working for? So our proactiveness of every Friday, it's a proactiveness that now we're, we're making our teams do that to, mm. to, to bring proactive ideas every Friday. Yep. Uh, our proactiveness, it's how can we make the world talk about our brands? Yeah. It's not like how can we win? How can we win a Grand Prix? It's not that. It's like it's how important. can we make the world talk about our brands proactively? Like if the if the client needs have an, has a necessity of of selling more beer in the case of Budweiser, okay, that's an ongoing brief that we have we need yeah. to accomplish. Now we have our own brief that we present to the clients that if we are going to constantly be bringing stuff to you that mm-hmm. will make the world talk about you. Yeah. Sometimes we're gonna nail it. Sometimes we won't, but we're gonna keep on trying. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. so, so it's also a matter of that. You know. Yeah, it's important stuff. Um, what uh, What can you tell us about Burger King? Why is Burger King so special? What makes What makes that account uh, so uh, creative? Because Because you have you have done a lot of great stuff, and that yeah. that account has done a lot of great stuff over the years. So, what is it that's different? Is it Is it Fernando? Is it the client? I, I think it's it's about the shared ambition of both the brand and the and the agency and the fact that we've been working together for almost like five years now. Yeah, uh, we have built a relationship together of trust, um, and it's it's and 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 that shared ambition that we that we were talking about. We working is a brand that needs to punch, to punch above its weight in the category because of course it's not the leader. You have a McDonald's that spends a lot, a lot more money in media and, mm-hmm. and things like this. Uh, so it needs to punch above its weight. It needs to be the challenger brand, the brand that does the unexpected, like right. Ricky was saying. Uh, to if we cannot, if we're not gonna pay out, out, out pay them on media, we can out converse, <laughs> out like win, win against them in the conversation world. Yeah, yeah. Generate more conversation than them to compensate. So to do that, we we kind of need to to rely on creativity. I like like I was saying, it's like the the dark horse in the race, like the the unexpected. Uh, it's that unexpected player that can help you help you win win that that battle. And also, I think that going back to like it's a five year relationship. Like we started, and and the more you work for the brand, the more you it gets ingrained in your brain. Yep. Kind of like what does the brand stand for? The tone of the brand, how, what ideas the brand. Uh, like uh, it's relevant in um, and and we have co- like we have our constant like briefs that are or, always in the back of our head so that if we see something and we know that we could insert the brand in there we go for it but that that takes time to build that relationship and that knowledge of the brand so mm-hmm. that you get to that point where where it's like you're almost 24 7 thinking on on the brands that, that you're working on uh, so I think that's sort of like it's the magic of of the trust between agents and clients, uh, and uh, the, the the relation a long-standing relationship where the agency knows what the client needs to put out there in the world, and a shared ambition of of we we want to do relevant work, we mm-hmm. work, we want to do great work, and 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 pushing for that. All I right. think that's sort of like the keys to it. Um, so can I ask you guys to do one thing? I want I'm trying this year to get everybody who's on the A-list to say this, this phrase. So I want you to say is, I want you to say like, my name is Ricardo Casal. And if I wasn't in advertising, I would be, and then finish the sentence. Okay. 
Uh, so, so if each of you can do it, yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Ricardo Casar, and if I wasn't in advertising, I would, I would be bored. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. I have to. I have to say, uh, 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 how do you say this? Uh, a career? Yeah. Oh, it has to be a career. Okay. So, no, no, it doesn't have to be a career. No, yeah. not at all. That was a perfect answer. No, I love that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm I would be bored. And and if I w- yeah. So say it again. Go ahead. Ricardo Casal, and if I would, be, I'm Ricardo Casal, and if I wouldn't be in advertising, I would be bored, I guess, because I, I like this. All right. And one that puts me in a, in a tough position. Yeah, um, you got to follow that. Uh, I, I think I think following kind of like my childhood uh, dreams because I never imagined that I would do advertising. I love it, and I love that I found my my career, my true love, my career true love. Um, oh. But um, my name is Juan Javier Peña, and if I wasn't in advertising, I would be a, uh, in politics or a game designer or writer for a game. <laughs> You can't pick everything. Two completely Juan. different worlds, but <laughs> what? Juan just picked uh, everything. He'd say he'd just do everything. He'd do everything else. Um, like, no, I those are great I, answers. I love it. I love it. It's so I fun. I think that because I play, I play a lot of video games when I was younger, yeah. so I was like, it would be amazing to write the stories for these games. Yeah. So sort of like that was one. And, and yeah. also I love politics, so that would be my other, my other goal. You'd be a thing, politician? I, I, I ride... I ride I because wish you had gone into politics and we could, maybe we'd have a better world. <laughs> maybe we should oh, all go man, into politics. I, 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 used, I used to live with this guy. I'm not sure if you, if you wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> um, believe me, I think we'd, we'd agree. Um, the, uh, the, this, this has been uh, Ricardo Casal and Juan Javier Pena. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that uh, I should or that you want to say or? You know, I'm just kind of winging yeah, it. I have a question for you. Go ahead. I have a question for you. So, um, why did you call us? <laughs> oh, why did we call you? Um, so we we've just been, you know, this started as a sort of project for a friend uh, for Ad House, uh, which is a uh, advertising school in New York City, uh, who wanted to sort of get the word out about her school, and I said, well, let's. Because the school, uh, you learn from people in the business uh, for the school, right? So I thought, let's just talk to people in the business, uh, starting with friends of mine, basically. Uh, so Rob Riley and, and Ty Montague and Greg Hahn were our first uh, three guests. And as we've been going, uh, I've just been sort of reaching out to people that we uh, find interesting and we think are, are sort of at the forefront of advertising. Um, and it's been my pleasure to be able to, the people actually call us back and get on the phone. So you guys are, we're just big fans really. And, um, we are so grateful that you came on and, you. and talked to, talk to us about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to, I, I'm, I, you know, every one of these that I do, uh, I don't usually talk about myself so much, but, uh, one of the, every one of these that I do. Uh, I bring back something to our agency, to Massimo Goldstein, um, that I try to use uh, to get better here. So um, we're we're sort of learning from as we go uh, about different things. Um, 
and taking the best of and, and you know, just kind of trying to – also, uh, I wanted to just inspire myself. So that's, you know, why we did this podcast and, and we're, we're inspiring ourselves to uh, get more creative and, and talk to people who are doing it. So you guys are doing it. Look, uh, just 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 a quick final note on my end. I know that Juan wants to add something. I yeah. think that that it's amazing what you guys what you guys are doing. I think honestly, uh, first of all, let me tell you, it's a, it's it's an honor to, to 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 be invited to talk. But it's, and I'm not just saying that. I think that coming from where we come, we come from a small country. We come from a small market. Uh, that we went to a kind of a bigger market to Argentina and then to to the U.S., which is one of the dream places, right? So, so coming from where we come, just to to have this invitation, it's a huge honor for uh, for us. Yeah. And we we think that we we think that 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 this just this kind of thing to just show show us that that maybe maybe we maybe we are in the right path. So I think what you guys are doing is amazing. It's 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 also inspiring. We learn a lot, and and you know you guys keep, need to keep on doing it because people are learning. And, yeah. And I think that I always I I dream with this situation of one day waking up and having one hour calls with Rob Riley or yeah. having one hour calls with with I don't know yeah. with Neil French. And just ask him, like, hey, what would you do in this situation? And, hey, we work in different places, I know, but, but yeah. maybe, maybe, so maybe we could do something. Maybe we, 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 we can help each other even if we work in different places. So there's I think something, that what you're doing is amazing. Yeah, there's, there's something so uh, incredible. And as you're talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps because it is it is an honor to be able to call up uh, you guys and, and, and talk to you about what you do because you are doing such great work. Um, and I feel like there's some kid in some country somewhere in Africa or in the, the South Pacific or something listening to this thinking I could get into advertising. And how amazing is that, that they can sort of uh, dream that way? And, and, and that's kind of cool. Uh, so if we if we're... Yeah, I think I, I think that's that's amazing. I think that inspiring it's, it's such an inspiring thing uh this like uh, uh, particularly like listening to all these interviews with all, all these people like we always do it because as we say we're nerds so yeah. thank you a lot again for for having us it's an honor uh we're adults we we love talking about advertising and and to that point i think we need to talk more about uh, like advertising what we love about advertising yeah. and and listen to people, listening to people talking passionately about advertising. Because I think we live in a super cynical world, yes. and there's a lot of uh, cynicism in our industry. Yes, uh, and <laughs> and I think that it's important to to have to 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 live to like uh, get that fresh perspective and 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 have these conversations about the passion and the power uh, for, of advertising, and and it's something that that inspires and that like keeps you wanting to do it more and more and and kind of not losing the faith in advertising. I yeah. think these sort of things keep keep the faith in advertising alive and and that's what what I love so thank you for doing it. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Wow, I'm psyched. I want to go write some ads now. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> Sharpie. Uh, I need a Sharpie and, and a and a pile of paper. I'm I'm ready to go. 
They need a Wacom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I guess we could use a Wacom. I like to go uh, analog first. I like to, for some reason, uh, Sharpie and a pile of eight and a half by 11 paper is my medium uh, for coming up with ideas. You know, I used to one be like per, that. And one then, per then piece. I, just, I used to be like that, and then it just changed. I don't know what happened, but yeah. it changed. And now, now I'm with a, with a pen that always run, that I run out of battery and an iPad that it's like, yeah. I love it, but it's like, oh, come on, what happened, what happened I, to me? I started <laughs> bullet journaling uh, recently uh, because I'm so uh, scatterbrained, and I found this book on bullet journaling, which I, I didn't know anything about. Uh, but everything's analog for me now. I've got I've got it in front of me right now. It's got all the notes from our sessions talking about you guys. Um, I didn't get to every question, but um, but uh, I am I am conscious of your time and and thanks for giving us uh, an hour of uh, amazing now, content. Uh, count us in when, whenever we you need. I think that these these are the kind of things that Juan and me we like to prioritize and we know the importance of doing these kind of things because like we were telling you we always listen to these things and we learn so if yeah. we have something to tell uh i think that it's always for us important to say it and 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 of course it's so if we can if we can if we can help or do anything just man yeah. just give us a call you have you already have our phone number so yeah just give us a call and we will be more than more than happy to to do whatever and we're like. we're going to be linkedin friends uh and uh we'll see each other on linkedin i don't do the facebook anymore i gave it up um quit uh, it andrew keller might not be happy right now yeah well andrew keller should go and work for a different company because i ain't doing it anymore um <laughs> all right <laughs> i guess i just put that out there yeah, um, so you did it. <laughs> yeah, see ya. If if I might need some freelance soon, because I'm going to get attacked. <laughs> we'll give you a call. <laughs> yeah, give me a call if you see me on the streets. Uh, yeah. All right, well, thanks, guys. This is great. Uh, I really, uh, I, I uh, this has been an amazing episode. So thank you so much. Thank you again for having us. Have a see great you one. in the interwebs. I'll see you in. Uh, I'm going to be one. in Miami in April, so I'll see you on the in, on South Beach. Yes, I'll amazing. be there with my see kids. Look Beach. for the look for the three pale, tall, skinny guys, uh, and the pretty lady. Okay, that's us. We will be there. See right. you at the party. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the blinding <laughs> white light on the beach. Uh, okay. All right, bye guys. Have a good one. So that was my chat with Ricardo Casal and Juan Javier Pena of David, Miami, via Switzerland. It was uh, it was really fun to talk to those guys. They are uh, they didn't they didn't want to stop, and I didn't want to stop. I felt like I you know we don't want to we don't want these to go on and on. This is not the Joe Rogan podcast, but I kind of wanted to hang out with those guys all day. I got stuff to do though, but uh, that was really fun, and I look forward to uh, maybe I'll have them on again. I don't know. They seem to want to come on. Maybe we'll just talk to them next week, Matt. We could just we could just make this a regular thing that we uh, we do. Um, all right. Well, thank you for uh, listening. The A list is recorded 
at Gramercy Post in New York City. Matt Stillo is our engineer. Uh, James Neiman is our research assistant, coordinator, uh, head of research. I don't know. Whatever he wants to be called. That's what James Neiman does. All right.